is why we should all be looking to take a bridge right now. Um, so, <laughs> take a bridge. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm You've never heard bridge. of that? It's like a meme, but you just, you, you never stand up again. <laughs> PowerPoints, power lunches, conference calls, reply to all, endless meetings, constant check-ins, and so much wasted time. Are you sick of the BS? So are we. It's time to take our time back, rework the way we work, and make every call a call to action. This is a podcast for people who want to stop talking and really start connecting. This is After 12. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After 12, 12 for 12's original podcast series that explores cool companies, brands, messages, and makers, and what compels us to take notice and to become fans. We've got a great show for you today with two of my favorite people on the entire planet. My first guest is an actor, producer, director, and award-winning editor who has worked professionally for nearly 30 years on stage, studio features, indie films, and video games, be it in supporting roles in hit films like The Accountant, American Made, and Night School, or in leading roles in The Signal, Synchronicity, and I Trap the Devil. He is a scene stealer with serious sex appeal. And my second guest knows us all too well. As his wife and mother to their dogs, which he carried to full term, so I read, she is a brilliant actress and director known for her work on HBO's The Outsider, Audience Network's Mr. Mercedes, and Netflix's Ozark. When she and her husband are not on camera or behind it, for personal and professional reasons. They are also the co-founders and instructors at Atlanta's acclaimed on-camera acting school, Drama Inc. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, please give a warm welcome to Scott Poitras and Claire Bronson. Woohoo! <laughs> we'll hold, Thank hold you, Adam. For like two minutes. <laughs> welcome to imdb.com <laughs> both of you guys have uh, like thank you that was a very sweet wonderful introduction yes it was thank you for writing that for me by the way scott yeah no problem i just <laughs> i like avenir next i don't know if the font i know you're a verdana guy i am um first first question how are you two doing in this current uh seventh month of uh global pandemic in the United States um, and, and just in, in general, how's life going? Uh, currently, uh, we have uh, tree trimmers here at our house. And so that's lots of fun. Um, our dogs are uh, finally chilled out. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, Scott, how's life going for us here? It's, it's weird Coast? because we have, you know, our students, we have a touchstone you know, with our classes each week. So we touch base with everybody. And, you know, first thing we say is like, how's everybody doing? And after month, month six, month seven, they're just like, I'm still you know, drunk. Not much response. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all, you know, just dealing day to day, wanting good news, wanting better news. Um, but um, we're, we're staying positive and we're, we're positive about um, November and about, uh, early 2021 and, and what to expect and getting on the other side of this. I mean, it's a net, it will happen. We have to, this, this, this isn't the new normal for the rest of our lives. You know, can't be. Well, I mean, yeah. for the last seven months, it has been, how, how have you it guys is. been adapting to, you know, not being on location, not auditioning for shows, not, not shooting. I mean, what's that, that been like? 
Well, that's we been haven't... challenging, not having that um, that creative outlet and the financial uh, supplemental income, as opposed to just the studio. Thankfully, we've had a good number of our, tra- our classes that have transitioned to the virtual world. So we're still able to, you know, nobody's getting rich, but we're keeping keeping the lights on, at least for now. Um, but Claire, go ahead. Uh, we transferred over to virtual pretty seamlessly. Um, I think that's one of the huge benefits of not just having multiple partners, because we started this with our friends, Jason McDonald and Catherine Dyer. So it was the four of us. But we've also put together an incredibly talented uh, um really down to earth group of just lovely individuals who, who it's a team effort running this studio. And so um, when, I mean, we closed our doors, what, March, March 16th? 16th. Yeah. Yeah. We closed our doors March 16th, even before um, the, the, the city closed things down, down. It was later that week, I believe, or the week after, um, but just everything was heading that way and it just didn't feel right to, to stay open and to put everybody at the studio and everybody who comes through the doors. Um, I mean, we had hundreds of people every week coming through our doors. Uh, so it didn't feel right to put everybody at risk. What is um, the, what's the enrollment of drama? Give me, give me an idea of size. Uh, I think, I think I would say pre pandemic. I mean, we were at upwards of almost 300 a week. Wow. I want to say, well, we've had close um, I mean, to- it, it depends. Yeah, we've had close to 5,000 actors come through our doors since we opened June 2013. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, what a what a shift, too, from, you know, being there, being able to to do a scene, to do it over again, to, to work with an actor one-on-one, and then to have this pause, everybody's freaked out, uh, and then try to restart via, I'm, I'm sure you guys use some sort of video conferencing like Zoom. Yeah. We use Zoom yeah. exclusively, yeah. Which has got its own, you know, issues, right? Um, it's been pretty good to us. It's been pretty good to us. I mean, as far as auditioning, you know, that kind of thing, because now we're getting into doing live callbacks and things like that. I mean, um, Actors Access is doing its own EcoCast Live, and and I'm I think we're all appreciative of that because it streamlines everything. It records in in the app. And so we don't have to set up a separate camera, that kind of thing. Um, so, but for class purposes, zoom has been pretty good to us. I have to say, um, it is kind of meta though, right? Because you're doing now all on camera for on camera acting. (laughs) Yes. And that aspect. Yeah. We're not, we're not, I mean, Scott and I are, are spoiled. I mean, we have a nice, um, stage and, uh, you know, the majority of our classes we teach there in, in, we call it sweet K cause it's sweet K, um, and a nice audience and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, it, it, having that uh, one-on-one personalized, you know, working with your scene partner, working with us, giving you redirect, that kind of thing. I think, you know, all of us were, were very, uh, spoiled by all of that, but at the same time, it's interesting, right? Because, this market we have booked, and this is pre-COVID, this market we were booking anywhere from 85 to 95% of the roles that we book off of tape. And Los Angeles, they're slower to come around to that. New York, um, really kicking and screaming, did not want to give in to that, uh, understandably, because the majority of the actors up there, the casting that goes on is is theater, so they want people to be in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but now here comes COVID and everybody is now having to do uh, 
self-tapes and, and virtual casting. And so I feel like we kind of have a leg up as far as being in the Southeast, being an Atlanta-based actor. And um, a lot of our actors at first were, I don't want to say a lot, but there was a, definitely a chunk of our actors who were hesitant about taking virtual classes, um, especially the scene study people or, you know, technique, things like that, where you're used to being with a scene partner, that kind of thing. Hey, where'd you go, man? Uh, but then a couple of things happened. Once they got into virtual, um, nine times out of 10, it was just their lifeline. We already talked about that a little bit already. It's, mm -hmm. it's very much our lifeline um, and theirs as well, just to have that community, uh, that network to lean on through all of this. Um, but then now that we're just starting to see things creep back a little bit and we're starting to have auditions again and, and callbacks, uh, that experience every week, figuring out eye lines, figuring out the technical aspects of having to make a human connection via, you know, this technology. A camera lens. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, also like figuring out where in their house they can do that. Where's a quiet spot? Where aren't they going to have a cat jumping through the background? Or dogs you know? barking constantly. Yeah. Dogs barking. Chainsaws. Trees. Chain yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. I'm assuming every podcast of yours is, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the screams um, of the kids in the cages. <laughs> And it's not what even show, just our regulars who are, are some some are a little bit hesitant to jump into a virtual class. Those who we saw every week after week after week in person. This this pandemic has forced us all to get pretty creative, and it's also opened up doors and avenues to meeting new people. So in our classes currently, we have actors from Chicago, Jersey City, Harlem, Miami. I'll just Birmingham, just zooming in to, to meet uh, Canada you know, once a week, Canada. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, it's, it's really, really cool. And we're meeting all sorts of new California, people. California, Los meet Angeles, in California. Yep. Yeah. So your, so your geographic all. range has extended and it's irrelevant. I mean, as long as you figure out the time zone and you're all available and want to jump into a class, I mean, you can do it with anybody in the world. It's has cool. your like kind of marketing approach changed to kind of meet that new demand? It has because of something we created, started coming up with, thanks to Claire, man, a year and a half ago, called, called Drama now? Inc. Online. It's essentially what we offer as master classes, pre-recorded classes that I teach a, a class on technical stuff. Claire teaches a class on uh, self-taping. Self Jason teaches a class about getting onto set. Catherine teaches uh, on camera one kind of basics and relaxation and memorization techniques. And these are all pre-recorded, like 10 segment classes that you can buy as a bundle or individually. Um, and as fate would have it, we shot these with a production company, um, Randall Blizzard and Raymond Wood, amazing. who are also in the same building. Um, and they, they, the, the production design is just amazing. It looks phenomenal what they did. Um, so we shot these four courses over New Year's break in between Christmas and New Year's Eve, I guess, or was it after New Year's? Anyway, it was right around the first fortuitous, year. huh? Nice timing. Right. Well before the pandemic. So, um, yeah, we were able to, to release these and, and have new people discover us. And, um, that's, that's been good. And I think a lot of people have taken advantage of, of these, um, these classes, this bundle and this, this 
essentially it's a masterclass, right? But it's for but, actors. But this was the beginning of us really going, okay, you know, we want to expand our online reach. Um, and, and yeah, it was very fortuitous uh, that, you know, we finally were at the production point a few months before COVID and then finishing up editing them and released it, I would say it, in April or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're very organic. We're very organic as far as uh, how we advertise and things like that, you know, just because I think it's, it gets to the heart of who we are. Uh, we've always said that our brand is, you know, about education and about community and about raising the bar for everybody versus, Hey, come get your 15 minutes of fame. You know, you want to be famous here. We've got the tricks for you. You know, we've got, we, we will guarantee you (laughs) success in this business. And I imagine, I mean, Scott's been eating Peliquin and bats for years. So knowing that viruses would probably be more than likely, I mean, being prepared, he's also, It it was only a matter of time. Yeah. It's all his Ozzy Osbourne days, you know, just loving. I snorting ants. I, yeah. I remember when he used to snort ants. I was like, come on, Ozzy oh, used to do that. Oh, man, man, I miss those days. <laughs> uh. um, I mean, I have, a, I have to imagine, though, the younger actors, right? And I go think back, you know, 20, 30 years ago when you guys started. Those younger actors um, are probably in a, in a pole position now because they – I mean, there's so many of them are, are user generated content creators anyway. They, they know the format. They have cameras. They have sound equipment at home. I mean, did you, have you found that, that this whole kind of pandemic pivot to this next normal of everything shooting in your home is they're, they're having an easier time than your older actor students? Yes. From a technological standpoint, mm-hmm. um, as far as like content and whether or not it's it's watchable and it's something that I would want to watch, I, that's debatable. <laughs> I, I, right. I have never downloaded TikTok. I don't know what WhatsApp is, uh, yeah. but we have we have actors and friends who are kind of learning cameras and and filming stuff on their own, and they're actually writing some really cool stuff. Because I don't know, it's I don't know I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's a um, it's a, a passion yeah. for, for, for being a storyteller. I, they're not necessarily wanting just to just be an influencer or get 2 million followers on Twitter. It's like, it's, uh, I don't know. They want to tell it's a good just, story. They and, want to tell a story and it's, yeah. it's, the story is everything. Well, I think, and I think, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, Scott and I started talking to our students years ago. I, I would say probably two, two and a half years ago, we were talking to our advanced scene study students, they had been all in class with each other for a couple of years at that point and um, doing really amazing work. And, and I said, look, look around you, look to your left, look to your right. These are all incredibly talented human beings. Um, these are the people that you should be producing content with. These are, you know, you shouldn't be waiting for the phone to ring, you know, especially with technology and, and all of your pooled talents uh, make use of this. And so, they really did take us seriously. And um, we had a, a film festival that um, Drama Inc. was working with in unison uh, called Film Connect. And at the end of the year last year, I think we had our first screening and a few of them had their first projects, their first short films that they That's had great. either written or uh, or written and acted in or written and acted and directed, you know, um, and so, 
yeah, we were incredibly proud of them. So, so they were already kind of formulating this, these bonds and, and these production companies. And, and that's, that's just some of, I mean, we've got full, we've got other students that have full on production companies these days. And so they were already in a good position when all of this started to happen. So I would say COVID is just going to continue to shape. And, and yeah, there are a lot of our students are now figuring out even more why wait when the industry is now dictating that you have to have some sort of setup in your house anyways, you know, why not just start to tell your own stories? Well, yeah. And, and maker generated stories are, are so much more impactful. I, I think, you know, it's like the, I, I always think of Sylvester Stallone and how he got his start and, you know, writing the story he wanted to produce and, and star in. And the, the Italian stallion, the Italian stallion, which I mean, I, I, it's a mnemonic thing. Every time I think of him, I think of your body. Um, <clears throat> but the, uh, I, I, I've never seen the Italian stallion. I kind of, I think I've avoided it, but I did hear a great story about the dog that he rescued uh-huh. and he ended up having to get rid of it because he couldn't take care of it. And then, uh, once he, I think he sold Rocky and obviously he got nominated, right? Or no, one, right. he won, yeah, won. won an Academy award. Yeah. He went and found the dog and, and got him back. I just, I love that story. And then he How ate have it I in never a training heard of session. This? So I'm, I'm a jerk, but let me ask you. So you guys are applying this new normal to education as, you know, instructors at Drama Inc. But like, how is the industry in general dealing with this? Right. Like, I mean, are you seeing more casting directors, you know, accepting, um, you know, uh, auditions yes. via camera? Are you are you are you seeing I mean, there are plenty of of things that have started in production as of as really as of June. I mean, the Avatar sequels, Jurassic World, Domination, the Elvis show that Tom Hanks was filming when he, you know, so uh, auspiciously got COVID nineteen himself. Um, the Witcher, Ozark, which you you were in. Um, you know, there's late nights back on Jeopardy. So I mean, slowly it seems like you know studios and and networks are dipping their feet in a into the water of this next thing. Um, but what's I mean, what is the long term implication in in your mind? Given that like you know you need to be agile, you need to be you know quick to to uh, be able to move to a kind of ISO uh, production environment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay. I think, Honestly, it comes I think, down to, I mean, the, the, these rules and the science that's coming in, this is a living, breathing thing that's constantly changing. So as long as we're following every rule that's coming down from the head of production down to whatever role we might have on set, as long as we're following their protocol, right now we are, we're essentially insurance liabilities. So if we were to, if they were to see us posting a picture, you know, I went to the AMC, I went to see Tenet and I'm, I'm in a packed theater, look at us, no mask, whatever. Or if they just in a picture where, you know, it looks like I'm not taking something seriously, that, that can be bad news. That can either shut down a production or, or remove me from it completely. Um, if I, if they saw a picture or something online on social media and I just happened to be on set yesterday, that's going to shut everything down for like two weeks. And that's, that's not good. You know, as, as far as industry, um, yeah, your question about auditions, casting directors have relaxed their, well, or their, uh, restrictions or, or rules as far as 
auditioning and and what you need and that kind of thing um they've they're allowing you to have a reader via the phone or the mm. computer that kind of thing um and, and and you know they they want something decent lighting decent sound uh but they're not holding you to the same standards that they were holding to you to before covid um as far as us personally uh it's interesting because I've had like a few offers for short films, independent projects, things like that. Uh, things I don't normally get to do because I do a lot of television. And so I'm normally um, either on set or waiting to hear about something or my dates are being checked, that kind of thing, or I'm already um, booked for a show. Uh, so normally I don't get to do a lot of film and things like that. Like I just got to shoot and, um, and produce uh, a short film called Charles Vanderchap. Um, fun project. I had actually worked with them the end of the year last year. They came to town and um, Chris White and his wife, Emily Reach, uh, they produced, um, wrote, uh, Chris wrote it. He's the writer and uh, he directed it as well. Um, but they, cool. they did a feature film uh, here in, a, in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area um, in Georgia, last year and so that's how i got to know them and then they reached out about this short film and uh this was probably i guess a month and a half ago and we the first thing we talked about was covid and how they were really really concerned with taking it seriously and wanting to kind of set the set the pace as far as safety and how to do this professionally and to keep everybody healthy. And, um, and they did, they did. We, so we so did what are the job. politics of dancing on production? Of what? The politics of dancing or the politics of, you know, I was thinking the, the song, but what are the, what, I mean, how, what is the, what are the protocols now? Oh, okay. Well, that's a good question. Um, testing, testing, testing. Uh, everybody needs to be tested within 24 hours of getting on set. Um, and, and you need to get your results back quickly. And so in order to do something like that, you can't go to one of the drive free drive through, uh, testing sites that they have. Cause you don't know if you're going to get your test results in 24 days, 24 hours or, uh, in 24 days. In 24, 24 days, man. We can't make 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Hey, once you go, man. So, yeah, I mean, so that means that you've got to get it back quickly. So you're probably having to go to like a hospital or at least, um, you know, uh, a dock in the box, that kind of thing. Um, And uh, and that that costs quite a bit. I mean, I think that we paid. Did you have to pay for it? $170. Yeah, we had to pay $170 per person um, to get them tested. And then you have to test every three days. And so luckily ours was only a two day shoot, but literally uh, we got into town on a Thursday and they made sure to get us the latest uh, testing slots possible. Um, so that, cause the next day was a rehearsal and then we had two days of shooting. And so we had to be wrapped. Uh, so that was a Thursday. We had to be wrapped on Sunday by the, by 72 hours later. Otherwise we now had to, according to union rules, had to shut down everything and retest everybody just to finish up the film. Wow. So, and you were um, quarantining together on top of that, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we weren't going out or anything like that. I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody. And even when we wrapped, um, 
we went to where one of where, because everybody was on location. So the director and his wife were staying with uh, friends uh, and we went over to their house and just kind of sat on the deck and had like a family meal, that kind of thing. So it, yeah, I mean, everything is much more low key and, and an emphasis on health. Um, you have to have a COVID coordinator. So there's a whole new position in, in the film world. Um, you have to hire a COVID coordinator and they come in and they make sure that everybody's following the rules. Everybody stays socially distanced. Everybody who w- uh, doesn't need to uh, be maskless um, is wearing a mask. Um, so basically that's everybody except for the actors. Um and, and how big was they, the crew? We, I, I think all in all, uh, we had like t- under 20 people, I think. It, so we, we were super small. We had one, two, three, we had five actors. One of our actors was our director. Um, and then we had three extras and then everybody else was, yeah, we had like probably a dozen people crew. Wise. So that, I mean, that's still, you know, a pretty big footprint for a crew and trying to maintain, I mean, not, not in comparison to like, you know, a, a, a huge studio shoot, but, um, trying to maintain these kind of quarantine. I mean, I can see why the position of, you know, COVID coordinator exists now, but what about like, um, you know, I know that, you know, Tyler Perry, where you guys are in Atlanta has got, you know, his, his camp quarantine, I mean, what, what is that? Is that the, the norm that you guys are learning about now in terms of these big productions that are going back? I mean, like the Jurassic, you know, Dominion or the dinosaurs all get COVID at the end and that's how, <laughs> that's how they get him. Uh, I, I, I hear that he's doing an amazing job. One of our actors uh, just jumped back into class with us after shooting four episodes, I think of the oval. Okay. And, um, she said, uh, you know, completely separate from the show and, and her role and um, the material and all that stuff, um, talking about how they handled COVID and the quarantine process. And she got tested eight times herself, eight different times. Um, she said that there were something like 368 people some, somewhere around there. And every single one of them tested negative every single time. That's she's like, I've never wow. felt safer. And they were I've all never... on the same campus and they, they actually stay, stay there, right? They sleep there. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They quarantined together. So, yeah. What a yeah, fun camp concept. Yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> Adult do... sleep away. <laughs> Where you just hope that you don't have the virus. I mean. <laughs> It's like a movie plot in itself. I mean, so how would, how does this change then, you know, budgets, compensation packages? I mean, you know, I, I watched as, as I'm sure so many people did Sean Penn's, um, you know, core organization, um, you know, table read of fast times at Ridgemont high. And you look around and you see, you know, Academy award winners, a listers all getting together to do a charity event. And you're like, this would never, ever, ever be able to happen in normal times because they'd be scheduled on projects and they'd be all over the world. But now we can do stuff like this, but it makes you think just like it does with education, how the you know ascending cost of higher education has gone up like 300% in the last, you know, 20 years. It, you know, the compensation packages for, you know, studio 
films for you know the 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 uh, starring role positions are you know twenty to thirty to forty million dollars per you know per film. That's that's kind of crazy crazy money. And yes, you're giving up your anonymity. And yes, you you have a lot to do. But um, do you think this will change you know the way the way things are valued? Let's say. Um, I, as far as budgets and things like that, uh, I, I mean, I know that I think we had to add like 20% just to our short film, uh, just because for two reasons, because of all the testing, the COVID mm. testing, and because of the liability insurance, the extra liability insurance that you need for COVID. And so, um, you know, that, that changes exponentially when you're talking about one of those big budget shows. Um, I know that some of our actors have already been hired to be backup actors on, on productions or commercials or things like that. And so uh, if you are one of the backup actors, they have to pay you. You're on hold those days and um, you're prepared to do the role, to, to swoop in and do the role if something should happen to the actor that is actually doing the role. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sure all of these things greatly affect, uh, their budget. Uh, they're not having to fly people in as much or they're not having to pay as much in travel because they're obviously giving priority to actors that are already based wherever they're shooting. Right. Uh, so that's, that's a benefit for us, you know? Um, but then they're also cutting anything that, that they're cutting all the fat as far as, uh, the writing goes, you know, any, any small role there, you know, I think they're getting rid of next to almost all, uh, extras. Uh, and then even if you're a co-star, you know, definitely U fives and U tens, if they can make, if they can get through the story without your role there, that that's just fine by them. Um, I think we even know one or two people, uh, Tyler Perry, who had recurring roles, smaller, roles, but recurring roles who, uh, lost their roles because they just need to keep the bodies down on set and keep every, everyone as safe as possible. But I mean, for the industry in general, and like in 2019, you guys both worked together ironically on a, the disaster film Greenland, which <laughs> with, uh, with Gerard Butler and, um, was it Marina Baccarin? Is that how you pronounce Baccarin. her name? Baccarin, uh, I think. Yeah. But like, you know, many movies produced in the last 12 to 18 months, uh, the relate, the release date keeps getting pushed. I mean, yeah. I, I guess financially, I just think of like the industry of, you know, film and television, how can studios safeguard these investments when they're, you know, you're talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for your, your overall output, your, your, your budgets. Well, it's also incredibly expensive to release films in theaters, especially if they're doing a 35 millimeter transfer. A lot of them are digital these days, the DCP, digital cinema projection. Mm -hmm. It's like on a, on a hard drive and they just plug it in and screen it digitally. But there are still film prints that a lot of theaters use. But it's so expensive for a theater to do, I mean, tens upon tens, tens if not more, millions of dollars to release to theaters that are either closed or only opening slowly to like 25% capacity. So that return on investment is not going to happen until they're, they can get asses in seats, right? And, and try and make their money back with a theatrical release. Um, I love VOD. I love day and date releases. I love, we have a big TV and I don't have to deal with crowds and COVID. And 
Or pants. Or masks. Claire, or, or masks. Claire and, I, Claire and I can sit and watch a brand new release come out. I still, I hope the theatrical experience doesn't, you know, go away. And I don't think it will. I think it will, it will be, I mean, it's been around for thousands of years, just from, you know, Greek amphitheaters. I mean, people want the communal experience of, of storytelling and then share, having that shared um, event. Well, but you, but you mentioned it's going to be yourself. a while before it's back to normal. For sure. Yeah, you mentioned yourself. I mean, going to see Tenet at the AMC theater. I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan was a big, big uh, blockbuster bet. You know, every film that he's ever made has been both uh, extremely successful financially and and in terms of the acclaim it received for the story. This movie is like you know doing okay in Europe, but like is not going to revive the. Uh, the, the deadness in in the theaters. In fact, it's I think it's slated to be the, the like the only thing you can really see in theaters until November. Um, I saw it advertised as the number one movie. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the only movie. Don't you mean? Isn't that what you mean to say? <laughs> but as you guys are both makers, you're directors and producers. You know, don't don't you think that like higher education? You know, there will be calls for smaller budget and more realistic salaries. Not only that, but there's going to be more interesting stories that come out because of this. Or definitely, I hope so. Definitely. I hope so. We had those micro-budget arms of all these larger studios, like with Fox Searchlight. Uh-huh. Um, a handful of the, of the, but they're still making one, two million dollar budget films. It's still huge. Um and they, I think they rarely see returns on their investments. A lot of times it's for uh, awards consideration. Those are the ones that's, that, that crowds love and usually are for Oscar consideration, not necessarily the big rock'em, sock'em, robot blow-up movies. Those are the, you know, $100, $200 million budget films that, you know, tentpole make a ton of movie over the summer in the theater. Um, but no, absolutely, I think you're right. I think they're going to downsize even more. There's no reason not to. You can make a movie for a fraction of the cost of, of what, the, what they spend on making movies these days. Well, I mean, knowing what you guys know and as like tenured character actors, union members with agents and experience, looking back at this journey and now where you are with, you know, kind of this, you know, pandemic reality that'll last another 12 to 18 months, what, what advice do you have for, for actors who want to get involved now, who are kind of like, they've woken up to the reality that like, you know what, this is something I've always wanted to do. And going through like, you know, the confluence of COVID-19, you know, the living in the, the Trump uh, uh, tyranny, you know, witnessing wildfires or hurricanes and global warming and having to deal Earth, with yeah, earthquakes know, in North Carolina. Yeah. And, and, you know, waking up and finding out that, you know, the, the our RBG died, you know, you're just oh, like, mm-hmm. it's, that, that was the final straw for me. It's yeah. It just, ke- it just keeps piling on, which I think a lot of people are like, okay, what do I want to do to be fulfilled in my life? Because I can't just punch in and punch out anymore. What yeah. advice would you give to those, those young actors? My advice would be training. There's no reason yeah. not to be training. Yeah. The Consuming first thing that content, you need to do. Reading. Information is currency in our in our world. And finding a network, finding a tribe of people, like-minded people who are doing what you want to do. Find a way to be around those people. You can do it virtually. 
It's, uh, you know, I mean, it's easier. We have to look for the silver linings and all of this. I mean, you just mentioned a, a million reasons why we should all be looking to take a bridge right now. Um, so, take a you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> never heard that. I'm You've never heard bridge. of that? It's like a meeting, but you just, you, you never stand up again. <laughs> take a bridge. I like um, that. Uh, I'm glad I could enlighten your day. Um, but, uh, no, it, it, you know, I think we need to look for the silver linings in this. And, and part a big silver lining is, is that we have some time to focus on, you know, when we're not trying to figure out how to get our country back or um, how to pay the rent, you know, um, uh, there's some quietness, there's some stillness, and there's um, some time for us to focus on the things that we truly want to focus on. And where do we want to put our energies? Where do we you know, how do we want to build ourselves back, build our lives back, build our, our country back? You know, what do we want to be focusing on? And so um, I think making sure that you're surrounded by like-minded individuals, um, people that can lift you up, uh, hive mind, can uh, share information. I, I think that's a big thing that we have in this market in the Southeast. I mean, you know, we don't call ourselves Atlanta actors or Southeast actors. We're actors based in Atlanta. We'll work wherever. Um, but that is one of the things that Atlanta has in spades over the other markets is that we are a great community, you know, and we would rather work well together for all of us to prosper instead of competing with one another and trying to take each other down. And um, I think everybody, everybody that we work with, everybody that we bring in um, comments on that. And that's something that, that the world needs right now. We all need to be lifting each other up. We all need to be cooperating. We all, we all need a village right now for so many reasons. And so um, applying that to your acting, I think is a really smart thing. Like Scott said, get into a class um, start reading. Uh, if, if you've never acted before a day in your life, um, check out Meisner, check out Ivana Chubbuck. Um, they both have great books. Uh, uh, Ivana Chubbuck is probably of, of all the techniques that you would see. Um, not, if not the most, one of the most, per, uh, current, uh, you'll understand all of her references and things like that. And it's, it's, huge. It's like a Bible. And, uh, she does a really great job of taking a subject that maybe you've never gotten into. You've never dove in and taken an acting class before and you're brand new. Um, she does a really great job of laying everything out for you. Uh, Meisner, Sanford Meisner. Um, who else, uh, Scott, should I be mentioning as far as acting, uh, books and things like that? Um, There's so many, Howard Fine, Larry Moss, um, mm -hmm. Stanislav, go back to the, the father Uda. of modernizing, Stanislavski, uh, Uda Hagen, Hagen, Stella Adler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, there's, there's, there's so much information out there. Um, podcasts and, are huge, too. We, we yes. have, uh, off camera with Sam Jones. That's one of our Love favorites. It. It's fantastic. He interviews uh, and, and, directors, actors, writers, um, but he really dives into the stuff that you, you want to know, the interesting stuff, not, not who are you wearing or, you know, innocuous, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask stuff. you, Scott. Um, it's, that was, I think, <laughs> I don't even know this, this whole thing. 
Yes. Well, what are, you, what are you guys looking forward to the most? I mean, you know, this pivot has happened. We're all kind of going through it. Where, where are your minds in the next 12 to, to 18 months? I'm looking forward to traveling again. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. We have an I apartment. Miss, out. Honestly, I miss. Yeah. Go ahead, Claire. We have an apartment out in Los Angeles and uh, the four of us um, split our time out there. And I think probably all four of us miss a good deal being out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's right now we live in a red state. Um, I think it's, it's definitely more purple, if not blue, if you take into account all the voter suppression that happened two years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and so being able to go out to California for us, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, um, on all levels, as far as, you know, political, it's, it's a wonderful reprieve, uh, politically, uh, geographically, uh, the weather, um, culture, all, all kinds of stuff. And so, yeah, we, we, we miss being out there. Scott, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, I miss being with friends. Um, and, and our actors at the studio, um, the communal aspect of just being together um, in a room. I miss, I miss that a lot. Without having to take such safety precautions, it's just a mess with the, the masking and the temperature checks and the social distancing. It's just, I, I know we're all over it, but just because we're over the virus doesn't mean the virus is over us, you know? So we have to just yeah. power through and keep going. I miss hugs. Mm-hmm. I miss hugs. Being able to hug a friend when you see them. Yeah. I miss I miss getting indicted for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to speak for you, Scott. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's it is interesting. Like the again, like the basic stuff, like the hug, like mm-hmm. the the things that we've taken for granted. I think now it's like when you talk to people that ha- have had really good vacations, it's like I went camping, I went to the beach, I went for yep. a walk. Yeah, it's the little things. Um, like like this podcast, I you know I really appreciate meeting and and talking to folks and reconnecting with people that I love, like the two of you. Um, so thank you so much for for being in this uh, in this virtual space and in this scene of life today. Uh, if if there are people out there watching that want to get more involved and and maybe dip their toes in the water of, of acting and, and take a class with you guys. What's the best way for them to go about it? Check out our website at dramainc.net. And um, I think to direct them to, you can check it out our online cloud drama Inc online. It's, it gets tricky. So we've got virtual classes, but then we also have the drama Inc online classes. Those are the pre-recorded classes. You can find everything on our website, dramainc.net, or you can email Info at dramainc.net. So see Scott's face in 720 or see it in 4K. It's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime.